a podcast featuring ordinary men of extraordinary faith. This is Mana. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Mana, a podcast featuring ordinary men of extraordinary faith. I'm your host, Jeff Peterson. Now, none of the guys that you're going to meet on this podcast would consider themselves to be extraordinary, but it's their humble, holy way of living. That is exactly what makes them extra to me, and I am excited for you to meet them. Now, there's a quote that evidently has been misappropriated to C.S. Lewis in which, uh, in which he, uh, everyone thinks that he said that humility is not thinking less of yourself, but thinking of yourself less. Now, I wish I would have known that he didn't say this because I've been saying he's been saying this for a long time now. I love, I love that sentiment. But misappropriated or not, it is an entirely appropriate description of today's guest. Uh, and here's a few examples of what I mean. So, number one, after knowing our guest uh, early on when both of our kids uh, were in elementary school, uh, the only way I or a lot of others would, uh, would later come to find out that he went to Dartmouth, uh, thank you very much, uh, was through his presentation of the Dartmouth Book Award uh, to graduating high school seniors. And for the record, they don't ask Gustavus graduates to give away the Dartmouth Book Award, okay? So, or how about this one? Uh, how about the time back in my agency days when I was feeling very fancy myself, and I was going on and on uh, a fair amount at the time to whomever would listen uh, of how proud I was to, uh, to have a Fortune 5 healthcare company as my client, uh, only to have our guest uh, very modestly uh, offer to, uh, hey, maybe I'll buy you coffee next time when you're on campus because he worked there, okay? He had a big job there. I didn't even know that, but he was essentially my boss <laughs> when I was at the agency. Uh, and even when it comes to the, uh, to, the, uh, to the less secular and more sacred space of family, uh, I guarantee this guy will out-family you by spending however many minutes you may... Uh, be blessed to have with him uh, by him asking you questions about your very ordinary family, okay? While his extraordinary family is doing and serving and accomplishing things that, seriously, if it weren't so darn inspiring, it would give you some serious imposter syndrome as a, as a dad and a, fa- and a husband. I mean, trust me, guys, very many people like myself have, have made very much more about very much less, while today's guest models what the Apostle Paul preached, that in humility, count others more significant than yourselves. And I know that I've got that attribution uh, correct. So, very honored to have him here in our luxurious Mana studio here today. Please welcome today's Mana Man, Mr. Mike Wall. Michael, welcome. Well, thank you, Jeff. And uh, I just want to I'm humbled by your your comments, and I'm uh, when you uh, I learned about these podcasts. I just really f- learned a lot in listening to others, and hope I can impart some wisdom, um, some insight, share share my story. But I, I also just want to caution you that I'm only Michael when I'm in trouble. (laughs) So it's Mike otherwise. Fair enough. Um, And I, you know, my email is Michael and I always have to, that's always a sort of icebreaker for me when I said, what do you like to be called? 
Oh, Mike. Michael only when I'm in trouble. So that'll be a cue that during the be. podcast yes. that, you know. It'll be a tell. Yes, exactly. When we get to a little far afield, uh, that, that'll, be, that'll be your signal to kind of rein it back in a little bit. And, and, and let me just <clears throat> share a story um, about, um, you know, a lot of reasons why I went away to school. I grew up in California. Uh, I'd never been in weather below, below 20 degrees. Um, <laughs> I had never been on an airplane. I just, you know knew when I got into Dartmouth that I, this was right for me. Um, and so my parents, um, sort of went along with it because they wanted me to stay at home and, uh, or close to home. Uh, but when my mom, um, finally came to Dartmouth in spring because our family is such, I was one of six children and it just happens that every four years, one of us was born. So that creates challenges when you're, you know, want to attend all your graduations. So I graduated from college in the same uh, day that my sister graduated from high school, yeah. the same week that my brother graduated from um, from grammar school. So um, mom had to come out early in the spring, and it was perfect. She brought my sister who was graduating from high school, yeah. and it was a great time. But she kind of, we went out to dinner and said, you know, I just don't like everybody calling you. Mikey, and mm. Mikey had was my college nickname. Okay. You know, uh-huh. and it was back in the days of Live Serial, where Mikey oh, yeah, he yeah, likes yeah. it. <laughs> right. And so, and I was just thrown. I said, you know, it's only people that, you know, like me. It's my nicknames. Everybody in college has got to have a nickname. And so, um, and she just said, listen, I christen you Michael John Wall, and they can call you Mike or Michael. And so I immediately put the word out to all my college friends, and we had a, a great rest of the the, uh, the time with my mom and oh, my that's college. That's great. That's great. Well, she does have that prerogative. She brought you into this world. She can, uh, I guess, she can play that card. Yeah. A, a, just a funny side thing, which I might cut out here, but so my mom, uh, my mom's name for everybody who knows her is Sharon. Okay. And, uh, and then I remember when I was a teenager, I'd come to find out, I think I was looking at a check that she had back in the days when we wrote checks, and it said, Ann Sharon Peterson. I'm like, Mom, what's, well, like, what's Ann? Oh, my mom and dad named, and that's my name. They're like, her name was Ann. But, um, but since she was born, her mom never wanted anybody to call her Annie because she didn't like the nickname Annie, so they just called her Sharon. So then I'm thinking, okay, well, then why didn't they just name you Sharon? <laughs> like, go Sharon Ann. Like, you can still work in the Ann thing there without having to, you know, but I thought that was quite uh, extreme. But anyway, back to you, Mike. Uh, you know, as I, as I, as I mentioned uh, in, in the intro, and in all seriousness, there is really this sense of otherness about you. Mm-hmm. You know, every guy that we have on the show, I, I, you know, I speaking of prerogative, I, I exercise the prerogative of, of of basically bringing on guys that inspire me. And you all have these little channels or lanes of inspiration. And, and for me, this tr- genuine sense of of concern and 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 just the lens you have is so uh, other focused. And so I kind of want to start there just to, to it, it, because you can't deny it. It's a thing. Uh, everybody listening here who knows you uh, and, and everybody who's going to get to know you over the next, you know, 20 minutes or so is going to, is going to hear it. Where do you, where does that come from? Has that always been part of you or is it something that as you've 
matured and got out of the Mikey stage. Yeah. Did it did it develop over time, or is it part of your DNA? It's I would say humbly, it's it's part of my DNA. Mm-hmm. And I think growing up um, in a family of six, um, I was the second. My older brother had an a intellectual disability, so early on, I became I was humbled by that, and mm-hmm. so I saw my parents and and all that they did for for Steve and um, and our whole family. Um, and the age range in our family was, you know, I've got my youngest brother's 12 years younger. So yeah. I, in effect, was a, you know, uh, definitely a big brother and sometimes, you know, had to change the diapers, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so that that was just p- being part of a big family. And I, and I think the real big, um, I would say, inflection point for me was when I decided to go away to high school. Mm. So we had um, two uh, local uh, Catholic high schools. Um, One was close, five miles away, and the other was 30 miles away. And it was a Jesuit high school. Mm. And um, I come from a family of Jesuits, and part of the Jesuit mantra is men and women for others. Mm. And so that was sort of instilled in me uh, in high school and uh, really has stayed with me all, all my life. Yeah, I would imagine that's so I didn't realize that <clears throat> that that background. I would imagine because we talk a lot about role models here on on Mana, I would imagine that in that high school experience then with some of the the priests or or teachers or even just other other guys that you were in school with, a lot of positive influences, you know, kind of surfaced then. Are, are there any that stick out as 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 uh you know, more profound than others during that time, or maybe even were there influences even earlier than that? So I think, uh, well, uh, one influence for me was uh, uh, my eighth grade teacher, mm-hmm. and she really taught me English and math. And and um, and she was from um, India at the time and just gave me a, a global perspective. Mm-hmm. And so I came into um, high school well-prepared, um, and I was fortunate to get into the good classes and um, just benefited from, from great teachers. Um, but at the, the high school I went to, they had a social justice program uh, where they reached out to the community. And that was a really important part of, you know, w- what we did as, as, as high school students. Mm-hmm. How unique was your um, Jesuit high school experience compared to your siblings? Like, did you all end up going to a kind of church so, school? So, I, yeah. Um, my two brothers followed me. Mm-hmm. Um, my sisters ended up um, going to the local um, Catholic high school there. And my older brother went to public school. Yeah, yeah. How did, so did you, so your folks then, did they grow up with it? Like, how, how far back does this tradition oh, of these roots go? Are these yeah. deep roots yeah, of, these of the Wall family? Root, okay. These are deep roots. Um, <clears throat> the Catholic faith has been a really important part of our lives. Um, so my dad was one of five boys, all went to Jesuit high schools, um, colleges, and in some cases, med schools. Mm-hmm. Um, my uh, grandmother uh, was talk about influencer was very much an influencer. She lost her husband when the old, her oldest son was 16. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but she was a daily um, uh, participant in daily mass. Two of her sisters were nuns and her, her bro- youngest brother was a Jesuit. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And so that influence uh, early on in my life is really sort of set a foundation for my faith. Yeah. And, uh, and it was a faith that, you know, and this is where the Jesuits really helped me, is it's important to challenge your faith. It's important to take it out into the community. Um, and I'm, I'm so inspired by Pope Francis, who also was Jesuit, yeah. and his whole feeling was be with the people. Yeah. And so that has been another important, um, you know, um, way for me. How do you, I didn't realize that you uh, have a brother that that you grew up with that, that had some challenges uh, in, in that regard. If you remember, how, you know, how was faith uh, not used, but how did, how did your family's deep faith factor in to not reconciling, but just sort of, you know, making sense maybe of, of that situation? You know, did it feel... Um, was it obvious? Was it a very, did, did your mom and dad, you know, and, and others make a conspicuous sort of a direct line of like, well, this, this is, this is, um, this is what happens or this is, and this is why we're here, uh, to, 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 you know, either develop these muscles of empathy and love and unconditional love, um, because that's what Jesus you know, mm-hmm. taught. Or did you, did, did your faith factor in more as a, not a way to explain it, but as just a way to, you know, kind of deal with it and get through it. You know, like it was, was it, was it one of I those? I think the latter. Okay. I think the latter. Um, cause our faith was strong and, you know, I, I remember, um, my dad saying that, you know, this is our cross to bear. Hmm. And, yeah. and, and that was kind of the, in my view today, a harsh view because it was also our joy and, um, you know, we were blessed to have, you know, I was blessed to be a brother. We shared a, a room together and yeah. uh, um, we did a lot of things together and uh, he humbled us. Yeah. What was it like then traveling almost all across the country? So you're leaving the nest, you're leaving all this, you know, you know and, and going to Dartmouth. And I, I, I joked about Dartmouth earlier. I really don't know a lot about Dartmouth other than I, I, I don't even know if I could have gotten in. Uh, so I don't know if there's a faith tradition. Is, is there a faith tradition so there at is, Dartmouth? This, so okay. there is. Um, I mean, its original mission was to Christianize the uh, Native Americans. Okay. Um, there, were, um, there was a Jesuit chaplain there okay which i didn't know but i quickly gravitated towards the uh the birds, new insider. birds of a feather yeah. yeah yeah and uh and that that was a good foundation point yeah. for me so i guess where i was heading with it is is when you move so you fly the coop you're out there now on your own going through college as we've all gone through and 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 and, and all of our faith journeys go through ebbs and flows you know we all go through even in in our even in our most holiest of you know sort of eras in life we still have periods of like dryness and oh, whatever but what was college like for you did was it something that was your faith just kind of rock solid and here here you go or or, or did you you know um did you experience a little more uh slack in the rope no, when you it went was, through college? it was it was essential for me okay uh dartmouth was a very humbling uh place to go um, yeah, I came from the top of my high school and I, you know, was at an Ivy League school where everybody was the top of their high school. Yeah. And I chose a very rigorous curriculum around pre-med and, you know, 
And a lot of people had calculus and all these courses two years before I arrived. So it was very humbling academically. It was very humbling socially because um, I, you know, came from, um, you know, I was on a scholarship and I had to work in the cafeteria uh, and I had loans and it was humbling from that standpoint. Um, and I, um, it wasn't a, 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 um, it wasn't an easy year. Yeah. But yeah. I, I had, um, you know, again, my faith. And, and so I decided to reapply to, uh, to college I had gotten into um, because I didn't think it was the right decision. Yeah. Um, and it turned out that um, I didn't get it in. As a, and so I went back my sophomore year and, um, and just really said, okay, I've got to commit to this. I've got to, you know, buy into the whole fraternity social model. I've yeah. got to really give myself and get involved. Yeah. And, uh, and I also started to find more areas of interest, particularly in the sort of economics and uh, politics of, of healthcare. Mm-hmm. And um, that turned around my, my career. Yeah, And then we all, um, had to spend a summer there. So I spent a summer at Dartmouth and you can just imagine the summer uh, in New Hampshire where it's weather like we have here yeah. in, 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 in Minnesota. And that was a, that was a really important turning point. How, so I, I can't even imagine being that far away from home and going through these, these, this, these periods of, of self doubt and, you know, just questioning, Oh my gosh. Cause it's not like you just, it's not like you were half hour away from home. Like, yeah. oh, okay, maybe this high school isn't the one for me. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, you've made it, this is a big swing that you took who, and, and you're at a time in your life, you know, and you're, you're, you're entering your twenties your where the whole world is telling us that, okay, you're an adult now. Like this is, these are big stakes. These, these are. And so there's almost this, you know, nobody wants to admit, but there's this also this pride of like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm calling my own shots. But aside from the time that you undoubtedly spent in prayer, mm-hmm. in solitude, who were some of the, if you can remember back, who were some of the, especially guys, you know, as we talk about men of faith on this podcast, were there any, um, it doesn't sound like the, the Jesuit priest, you didn't make a connection with him right away. You didn't even know right. he was there. But like, but were there, but maybe it was him. But are there any guys that stand out that you remember being there for you and helping you kind of get through that period? So, um, yeah, I think there are a lot of friends that I met my second year that became important. I wouldn't necessarily characterize them as spiritual friends, mm-hmm. uh, but they were solid friends. We had fun together. Um, we got to know each other, uh, and we became uh, important support. I think a lot of it, Jeff, was I had to sort of uh, dig deep yeah. and, uh, and really develop resilience um, and develop uh, ways of embracing. Um, you know, fortunately, Dartmouth is in a beautiful area, and so I ended up cross-country skiing, mm-hmm. and um, it was also one of the... Uh, one of the requirements was to, to do a language. Um, and so I, you know, had Latin in high school, so I did Latin. But all the other folks were sort of going away, you know, doing these language study abroad. So I did a second language and I got to see the world. Yeah. And, um, so it afforded me a lot of opportunities that gave me joy. And um, 
but I ended up developing a lot of sort of um, resilience and um, quiet, quiet prayer and uh, mm-hmm. and just really a, attention to others' needs as well. Yeah, that's a great. Um, I don't know. I think he's a Franciscan. I don't think he's Jesuit. But anyway, uh, Richard Rohr is a is a um, priest that. Um, I think I just shared a podcast uh, episode yeah, with you right. with him, and he talks about, he's so wise, and he talks about how growth, we only grow, uh, he said, unfortunately, we only grow either through great love or through great suffering. And, uh, and so those are the, those are the periods of, of growth for us. Right. Let's, um, let's scoot ahead. Uh, speaking of great love, mm-hmm. let's scoot ahead. And, and, and you can fill in some of the blanks, um, that I'm going to skip over here, but, but today, and I mentioned this in your intro, you are the, uh, father, um, and husband. Um, but, but what I want to talk about is a father of an amazing young woman who is an inspiration, uh, to, uh, our girls mm-hmm. and every other kid who's within earshot, and uh, she's an amazing um, again, just inspiration to to so many young people and old people. And so, talk a little bit about about Amelie and yeah. and what it's been like raising and and now you know as she's matured into mm-hmm. a college student and she and, and a special olympian so t- talk to me about amelie and yeah. what what a what a blessing she's been to well, your family she's certainly been a blessing um she was born in in april of 2000 she's the fourth of four mm-hmm. um and so um when you know when she was born i looked at as a blessing and i knew that you know when we you know, just like growing up with Steve, when you just meet people where they are and mm-hmm. just acknowledge their strengths and, and unique abilities and treat them, they'll do the same. And, and so um, I had that. Suzanne did not. Mm-hmm. And uh, so together, our relationship definitely uh, deepened and, and grew. But, you know, Amelie was one of four. So we had three other children um to uh parent as well and we just brought her into the family and treated her like you know uh we all treated steve yeah well and and as a sibling it it must have you must have i mean what a gift for you to to be able to see those parallels between your life as a brother to steve and now amelie's siblings to to her right so you can kind of see that from both sides right right um, so Amelie has created so many opportunities for our, our whole family. Yeah. But I will uh, say, uh, Jeff, the deal I have with her is I can only brag about her four <laughs> times a day. So, uh, and, and so I just, I, I don't know. I mean, we got so many minutes. But, yeah, exactly. Um, well, this can just count as one. So as long as you haven't burned through the other three, <laughs> yeah. then... Uh, then and, and, um, but no, I mean, between the people that are... It, have been in our family. Um, I've I've just had a passion for supporting people with disabilities, yeah. and I think that there's really been a a sea change in terms of how we have uh, viewed people with disabilities. So my brother, growing up, um, you know, he worked at McDonald's mm-hmm. until the day he died, yeah. um, and he, um, you know, had an early death at age fifty seven. Um, but the first responder who um, came to his place of work knew him by name. Mm, wow. 
because he knew everybody in town yeah. and he got to know them. And, and so from that point on, uh, I mean, and again, Amelie was probably um, 10 or so. Um, I've always, you know, I doubled down. That was an inflection point. That was a moment of grace when Steve passed. Yeah. Um, and so I have now taken it upon myself um, to really um, promote um, the unique abilities of people with disabilities and get them employed. Yeah. And uh, I'm fortunate at, at a company to also share that passion. And I was, we were fortunate to be at a, at a, in a school district that had other people that shared that passion. Yeah. And, um, and I think that, um, and your daughters I'm sure will speak to this, that the people involved in the Unified Special Olympics program got as much out of it as Amelie did. Totally, totally. Um, well, and, and I think I just, when, when you're reminding me of all the work that you personally have done, uh, you know, with the cause and raising the awareness and, and, and sharing stories like Amelie's and, and others, it, 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 it is reminding me of back just a couple minutes ago when you were talking about what your dad said about Steve and, and this is the cross that we're bearing. And, and now here's that same cross, but yet, and I shouldn't say, but, and you're, you're placing that cross, you know, on Calvary. You're, you're placing that up on that mountain for people to, to, to sort of adore, you know, not, right. not, not bear, you right. know, which you have and right. so many uh, uh, others ha- do, but really using that, that cross as a source of inspiration and strength for people to look up, yeah. you know. Well, that's a, that's a beautiful image. Um, and, you know, I think people with disabilities don't like to be pitied. Mm-mm. They no. don't like sympathy. They like empathy. And, and I think Jesus was the same way, right? Mm-hmm. He, he led a good life. He died on the cross, but he, he didn't want people feeling sorry for him. Totally. You know, he wanted uh, people to remember him for who he was and what, what he represented and, and, and how he led and by example. And, and so I just try and do the same. Totally. Yeah. No, I still remember the day you told me that uh, Amelie was going to go to Bethel. And the way you said it, you're like, yeah, she's going to go to Bethel. I'm like, well, of course she is. Yeah, of course. That's, that that's, that uh, makes all the sense in the world. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, we're going we're gonna to segue uh, to our little fun segment. Of okay. the show here. Yeah. This is where we ask the same three questions of yeah. every guest. Yeah. And hear what you have to say. So question number one, if Jesus, and so it's for all of our listeners out there, Mike Wall is is um, um, uh, furiously now flipping over his notepad to all these very impressive notes that he has here. <laughs> so this is going to be good. All right, so question number one, Jesus knocks on your door tomorrow morning, just wants to hang out for the day. You got the whole day with Jesus. What are you going to do with him? I'm going to go on a bike ride with Jesus. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the mountain biking. Yep. So um, biking has been an important part of my life. Uh, I had a newspaper route early on. I uh, love biking. Yeah. I met my wife on a bike ride. Um, there's just been so much joy um, with our fam- biking as part of our family culture. And cool. I think it would be cool to ride a bike with Jesus. Yes. And yes. to go over mountains and downhills and and uphills and and see the scenery the, the the thing about biking is that you can really soak in a lot more um you don't get as much a, a cardiovascular workout as you do with running but it's relaxing inspiring and um i'd like to do that with jesus yeah that'd be great that'd be, that'd be a great ride all right question number two 
uh, if you could go to church with any other man, living or dead, famous or not, who would you go to church with? So, Jeff, I really value going to church with my wife, Suzanne. Yeah, I knew. You know, by the look you were giving me from across the table, I know he's going to break the rules. He's, he's going to say... He's She's gonna my soulmate. Uh, <clears throat> we've been married, well, we're in our 31st year. Um, we've been two friends laughing, loving, and dreaming together. And um, that's who I'd go to church with. Now, if I have to follow the rules... Um, the man I would go to church with and is my younger brother, Peter, um, cool. who's a soulmate and my best man and somebody that, um, you know, I'm inspired by and we inspire each other. All right. Well, Peter's the tag along then. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> For the record, we've got Peter on, on file. All right, good. Uh, last question. Uh, if you could give just one piece of advice to a younger man, a little further upstream, as we like to say, um, about living, uh, living your life, living a, a, a humble yet confident life of faith that has helped you, obviously, as we've heard, get you through some of those valleys, but also, you know, get you, get you to the, on your bike there under the top of the mountain. What would be that one piece of advice that you give a younger man? So I would say be a man for others, mm-hmm. um, because when you do so, you're you're living out what Jesus taught us, and uh, you get so much joy in, in being a man for others. Um, and that doesn't mean sacrificing yourself, because you know, just like they advise on the on the airplane, you've got to get your own oxygen mask on first to really truly be a man for others. Yeah. Um, I if I can add break another rule, uh, one of the one of the um, words of wisdom that I've learned um, really during the last couple of years um, is to be courageous um, and comfortable being uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And I think that when you're a man for others, um, sometimes that puts you in an uncomfortable position um, and you just have to, you know, trust your instincts and, and be courageous and uh, see them for who they are. Yeah. Amen. Mike Wall, thank you so much for uh, for being here and for everything that you're doing to inspire guys like me and, and uh, everybody else who just listen to you. Thank you, Jeff. And thank you for all this work you're doing. Thank you for listening to MANA. If you have any questions or recommendations for future guests, send them to manapodcast at gmail.com.